All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 139 of The Rink Shrinks. You ready to go or what? Let's go. All right, before we get started here, this episode is presented by Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, matchup breakdowns. They have it all. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests anywhere online. Head on over to betonline.ag or download the Bet Online app to get in on the action. Remember to use code believe that's b l e a v again b l e a v to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts mots uh how's everything going well we haven't caught up in quite some time here we do have a mailbag episode here so i'm pumped up uh i know you had a lot going on i was in the rinks all weekend Going, doing great yeah we had a, a busy weekend of hockey uh played three and three you know just like the uh the oh, ahl does ahl east coast league style yeah so uh we yeah we had a game friday night saturday night and then uh sunday afternoon all good opponents this is the u18 level and um you know friday night we went into ot you know it was a back and forth game ot shootout um Came up on the losing end in the shootout, but great uh, competition against Mount St. Charles. And then we played the the uh, the Eagles, um, the Junior Eagles. Uh, really good game. And, like, we're doing that 22 and a, um, and a half, you know, halves. Two halves, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, up in the first half and then, you know, the, the boys, this was like a, a teaching moment after the game. You know, they're up 2 nothing, and then they end up losing 4-2. It was about mindset and execution and just – not letting your foot off the gas pedal, even though you're playing a good game, you played a, a good first half. Great. You have to continue to play. And so it was, you know, you just take the positives and then, you know, the negatives you want to improve on. Right. So then we came back out uh, on Sunday and had a good game against the junior Bruins and uh, came out on top, but um, you know, it's just picking small pieces of the game that you can uh, apply as, you know, coaches, you know, Brian Gibbons and I are, a coaching and we kind of pick up on things to help them individually and then also collectively as a group so they have some success in this uh short split season no that's great i heard you were in the uh in the neighborhood i was very upset that i couldn't uh get down to the local rink here the, the ponted rink and but i was on the road myself yeah so you're down uh chelsea piers and in, in stanford connecticut right and how did your weekend go yeah, it was good. Good weekend. Um, like I said, I, I you know I wish I could have hung out with you for a little bit. I caught a game, but we were on the road. We headed down a couple games in in, in Connecticut this weekend. My 2011s were in uh, in Enfield, so we played there first thing, and then made our way over to. I missed the first game uh, of the U14s with uh, with my middle guys team with Collins team. They were over at Chelsea Piers playing mid Fairfield, but they had two good games against them. Um, Ended up beating them and in and, and, and two really good, you know, tight hockey games, a couple really 
high-end teams. And then Sunday uh, over at Sacred Hot, we played there. So we spent the night, played at Sacred Hot. They just built a beautiful new rink campus down there. I'd never, never stepped foot in the place, but uh, great little rink, great barn, and uh, really cool atmosphere. So it was cool for the kids to play. And, you know, so game Sunday morning made the way back and another game Sunday afternoon with the little guys. So, yeah, it was a uh, it was a it was a busy weekend in the rink, but overall success. Like you said, it's great to be back in the swing of things. My my basement that I'm sitting like couldn't smell any more like a rock locker room. Uh, kids got their bags aired out, which I guess is a good sign. But I think I need to uh, get these out in the shed or something because, you know, I mean, I, it, it it really is like I need a shower. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I was on the bench and I get a little tap on the uh, the glass behind me, and young By was there and came down and said oh, hello. Yeah. And, he told me saw you. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he said uh, you're coming back from Connecticut to go coach another game. I'm like, that's crazy. You know, like when you have to kind of bounce back and forth. But good on you to uh, kind of make the effort on both sides. So you know, productive weekend all around, being in the ranks, seeing a lot of people. So it was good on my end. Hopefully, it was good on your end. Yeah, no, it was great. Always good to be back in the, the swing of things and getting on the ice for practices and uh, really starting to, you know, work on different things and kind of break some of the summer hockey habits, right, that these kids fall into. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's good and the kids, you enjoy it. They, they they have a good time. You can tell some kids have some kids have been off the ice, right, which I think is a good thing that, that they're hungry, they're excited. Other kids have, have taken some time off and played in some tournaments. So it's like, all right, we're back to, uh, you know, regular league play, good competition, a lot of uh, talented teams that we're playing against. So the individual stuff has to go out the door and we got to start, you know, stop dusting pucks off and, and moving them quickly and making plays. So it's, uh, you know, the, the team game, as, as Dan Whitney, our 100th uh, episode guest said, you know, use the wall team game, right? No, it's so good. Yeah, it, it is important. You know, like we, I try to, implement some stuff myself you know just making sure that you're working to get open for your teammate make the puck carrier's decision much easier and communicate you know if you if you have some gas and you have some speed and like wide or cutting through the middle you open your mouth and it makes that guy's job easier making him be a better player by moving the puck on time so those are the things that we've been chatting about and um yeah getting back into real hockey and stopping on pucks second and third efforts and all the stuff that matters when uh, when the when the puck drops and then it's a real game. Yeah, exactly. Drama. We touched on it last week, and I really, yeah, you know, I thought we 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 made some good points, and you made some excellent points. Obviously, being a training camp with with Mike Babcock, but it was, uh, I guess, as we expected, as we said last week. Uh, you know, Mike Babcock is gone. Uh, you know, the the Chicklets boys were right. Pascal Vincent is the new head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, um, you know, I guess it's uh, one for the players, right? The younger guys, when, when they were spoken with, uh, when they spoke with Marty Walsh and, and, and you know, the NHLPA, those guys stepped in and felt that, that things were out of line. And it was, uh, you know, I guess in my mind, it's good to see the players be the voice, especially the young guys and, and, and get this uh a, a guy like babcock uh, i i think we've seen the end of him coaching in the uh in the nhl wouldn't you agree yeah i would say that would be appropriate i mean i think biz did a really good job at putting a kind of a bow tie on it there was no re you know there was no way that he was looking for him to get fired he just wanted to expose 
what he was doing and his actions. And I think, you know, the right course of action was for him to resign slash, you know, get fired. So, I mean, there's no place. Resign the classy way to get fired. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Right. So I, come on. I just still think that, uh, you know, unacceptable behavior on, you know, a person uh, in the position of power who wanted more power, which is, it's just kind of like, it's so ridiculous in my opinion. You know, that's like you have. Do you think if you were, if you were Pasco Vincent, the new head coach, you'd, you know, sit down, speak to everybody, especially like the leadership group and young core group of players. And, you know, you have one-on-one meetings. The first thing you say to them is like, just as an icebreaker, like, all right, boys, everybody hand over your phones. Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> and, just see, and, and see everyone's see reaction. See everybody's reaction? Yeah, yeah. It's like, people are like, what? Hey, yeah. what's your password? Give me your phone. Uh, let, let, let's sit down and go through your pitches. Like, yeah. No, I, I think that would be <laughs> a good way to break the ice. But, you know, he's been around. He's been a coach for a long time. And, you know, he's uh, he played, you know, for a bit. But he's been more of a coach, you know, during his – you know, say, you know, adult years, and um, he's he's coached at different levels. He understands players. He's been you know through a lot with, um, you know, kind of like this transformation of player. So, mm-hmm. and Babcock, in my opinion, was kind of stuck in his ways, and it was kind of his way or the highway with no matter who he was coaching. So, I think it'll be a fresh change, fresh voice, and they have some young, talented players. And like I said last week, it was. You know they they led the league in man games lost. They're going to be healthy, right. and I think they're going to be a team that is definitely on the rise. So, with a new uh, well, you look around, even even the rookie camp, like uh, you know, I think they played two games. I know Fantilli had seven points, like uh, he had a hat trick in a game. So it really is. It's exciting times, and now to get some, they they must have just been like dreading going to training camp with that lunatic. <laughs> Yeah, now, you know, with the antics that he was pulling even before, and I'm sure they've heard stories prior. And then, you know, when he gets in there and he gets his claws and, you know, like young, impressionable players are going to, you know, toe the line or tap dance, whatever you want to call it. And it's uh, unfortunate because that's what he wanted. And he just wanted, you know, egocentric power. And that's like not – how it, how it works. It has to be some give and take and some understanding of, of player and person and whatnot. And he was just going about it the wrong way. So I think we've wasted too much breath on this guy, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad that the young, you know, talented players coming up in the prospects in, in Columbus and the actual rostered players and the, the veterans don't have to deal with them. Right. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right. I think it is, uh, time we dip into the mailbag here. Let's, uh, let's get started. Uh, I got the first one here, Mott. Hey guys, love the pod. The episode with Dr. Steve Durant Durant was incredible. I've already listened a couple of times. Yeah. Hey, I think I might have to go back and listen to Steve. He, uh, he's got (laughs) a lot of words of wisdom, right? Uh, one thing that jumped out when Dr. Durant mentioned not coaching slash correcting a young baseball player while batting. Got that. Makes perfect sense. My question is, should the parents not cheer between pitches or prior to a penalty shot because um, because just our voice may also pull them out of their muscle memory? I know my daughter can pick my voice from a crowd, even if I'm not louder. Uh, and 
mental pull even when encouraging be distracting on some level just trying to be quiet aka mike that you mott yeah i think it is yeah just kind of slipped one in there no i I appreciate you (laughs) checking out the pod a couple of times he had so many good tidbits of advice not only for players and, and kids but parents you know to to help their kids you know kind of through some stuff but this is uh an interesting question because I think there are some, you know, similarities and some synergies between the two, right? So if your kid, you know, hears you in any capacity, you know, whether it be encouraging or discouraging, then I think that, you know, it could, you know, alter their muscle memory that they are training to do, right? They're getting their reps, they're getting their reps, shooting pucks or taking breakaways, whatever, without you talking or like listening. To them. But are, not they? Listening to you. are all are all are all parents doing it? Maybe Mike isn't, but no. But what I'm saying is, like they, they're getting their reps without that. So then, right. when that that could be a distraction. So I would say, you know, just you know, the encouraging side of it is, you know, some a lot of people do want to encourage and whatnot, but you never know. I like I don't really have the answer, but I would just say err on the side of not saying anything, and then supporting whether. They, they score a goal on the penalty shot or not, right? It's like, right. what can you do? Like, you know, you, you're going to let your kid go out there and succeed or fail. There's nothing you can do from the stands that will help them. Right. Even if it is 100%. an encouraging, you know, voice being like, come on, let's go. All right, yeah. You know, whatever it is, whatever you yeah. say encouraging. I, I would say all day long it's 100% distracting. I think you just keep your mouth shut. You watch, let things happen, whether you're playing baseball, your kid's going in on a breakaway or a penalty shot, whatever it may be. And then after, at the end of it, whether he, he or she scores or doesn't score, it's, hey, good job. Like, it is what it is. You don't have to say anything, right? Maybe you can give a little golf clap or something like that, right? But you don't need to. I think it will screw up your kid's muscle memory if all of a sudden they're standing there at a shootout and it's like, let's go, Johnny, or let's go, Sally, whatever it is, right? Uh, It it could screw them up. So I agree with you. I think um, the more quiet voices we hear, I'm sorry, less voices in the rink, the better off we're going to be. Yeah. I mean, maybe just err on the side of, you know, if there is a negative outcome on the penalty shot, just throw a newspaper in front of your face. You know, just that, that that's just my opinion on instead of saying anything positive or negative. Yeah. But uh yeah, no, I think that was a good question. Close your eyes. Yeah. No, I appreciate Mikey tuning in and uh sending in the question. Absolutely. Um, all right, I get the next one here. Hey guys, warning your thoughts on coaches from HSL not being allowed to coach in minor hockey. I have a friend who coaches sons. Hockey Super League team in Alberta now. Minor hockey board of directors for his daughter's team won't allow any HSL coaches to coach. Apparently worried about poaching players. The guy has volunteered volunteered coaches for the girls five-plus years. Seems ridiculous to turn down volunteers. Uh, he wants to know our thoughts. Yeah, honestly, I don't know too much about the, you know, the, the Hockey Super League everything but i i think a lot of this stuff is um a little bit ridiculous ridiculous that that you know and and maybe it is maybe they're worried about people poaching players i get that side of it 
Um, but if a coach wants to volunteer his time and, uh, and, and work with the kids and he's in it for the right reasons to develop hockey players, I think that's what you're looking for, right? At the end of the day, who are we punishing here? The, mm-hmm. the, the kids or, you know, the, the potential league and things like that. So, uh, I think if people want to coach, they should be allowed to coach uh, if they are qualified to do so. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. You know, and you, you're kind of hamstringing some volunteers, in my opinion, on this. And if you're in it for the right reasons and, you know, there there would be, you know, some conversations, I'm guessing, you know, to jump teams. But yeah, at the end of it, you know, you can probably put in some type of movement clause or whatever, like that there is in the EHF here. Um, you know, so many players or whatever, like according to, um, you know, standings or whatnot. So there's something, there's ways around that. But if you're kind of not allowing, you know, these people to coach because of that, then I think that's the wrong thing to do. Because if there's qualified people willing to lend their time and provide good coaching. And you want the best, you know, volunteers for that position. So something to think about. Person doesn't leave a name, but I would like to get a little bit more information on what this, you know, hockey league is and what's kind of going on in in uh, in Alberta, right? Because, you know, unfortunately, we don't know a ton about it. So it's hard for us to, you know, have the, the right answer and, you know, know exactly what's going on between the different leagues and the coaches and stuff like that. So. If we can get a little more background on it, it, w- it would be good to hear because I know that this is a fight that's going on, um, you know, across the U.S. and Canada, and I'm sure in in other parts of the world as well. Absolutely. Franklin Sports is the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Check out their line of NHL street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com. Mott's not sure if you sh- saw uh, Connor Bedard's hat trick over the weekend in rookie camp, and I know he, uh, you know, training off ice we talk about it all the time how important it is working on that release i'm not sure if you saw any of those snipes that he had but you know that that stuff doesn't happen just by sitting in the rink and you know working on your toe drag right it's it that stuff happens off the ice and franklinsports.com is where you can stock up on that stuff yeah he had some nice goals changing the angle on that rookie camp game you know extraordinary release um, and you saw tons of footage like online about him working at his shot. So mm-hmm. make sure that you check out franklinsports.com to get all your training needs. I think some parents are going to like intentionally break their kid's arm, like he, <laughs> like what happened to him so he could work on that. That what was it the top hand, the top hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> unbelievable. Everybody knows that story. I know. Unbelievable. Uh, all right. I'm a U9 coach and was one. What should parents be out of the dressing room? Last year's U9 group was great, but the rooms were a gong show. My kid uh, got stepped on by escape by another coach uh, because the room size and the parents uh, and parents everywhere. He was okay, thank God. I'm thinking of telling the parents this year to be out of the room 20 minutes before every game and practice. Is that acceptable? Yeah, U9. Yeah, that's that's an age, you know, it goes back into like if they can tie their skates, but then, you know, we've talked about this a few times about tie your skates and then if you need a little extra tightening, the coaches will do it. Yeah. And I think that's very important, number one, for kids to kind of 
understand that that's their locker room. The parents are, you know, distractions on some level. I, I know that this isn't like crazy, you know, high level, you know, they're young still, but I still feel like you start developing the locker room as a, a place before the game to be, you know, you focus, you, you listen to the coaches, you look around the dressing room, and you you get ready to to get out on the ice and be the best player and team you can be. And when parents are in there, they're, they're having their own conversations, they're doing this, they're doing that. It just, I feel that it is a distraction. But at this level, I think if the kids can, like, at least tighten their skates enough, then the coaches go around and tighten them up if, you know, if it's not good enough, um, we'll eliminate the parent involvement in the locker room. And I think it just, it lends itself to a better environment. Thousand percent, there should be a rule that at least 20 minutes before the game, all the parents are out of the locker room and practice. So get the skates done, get them tied up, and get out. Yep. That would be my advice. And that that 100% has been a rule on all my teams to, you know, get them out of the locker room, especially games. You know, you, you want to have that time with the team 15, 20 minutes before the game to get them focused and kind of go. All the kids at the U9 age group should be getting dressed on their own. So there should be no parents in there really much at all. Um, maybe in this, we get coaches. So I don't know, you know, who's supervising who here. So that that that's not really a good sign. But mm-hmm. I guess, like you said, the tightness of the locker room and too many people around. But designate it or maybe rotate it, right? Um, you know, pick two or three parents a week that are in there helping out and, and tying some skates. Because you don't need 15, there's 15 kids on the team, 15 different parents in there. It's just ridiculous. All you need is a handful of guys. I mean, Mots, I'm sure you're the same as me, but all of our fingers, coaches have been leading for years in those little guy skates. It's a, uh, that U9 age group, I get it. You're going to have a couple people in there to help out, but it definitely should. That's too much of a circus at the U9 level. Kids should all be getting dressed on their own at the very least. Yeah, skates and buttoning some helmets, and that's it. Parents, get out of the way. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, I get the next one here. Is it bad etiquette for an eight-year-old to try out for more than one travel team? I mean, it's a tough decision because it, I wouldn't say it's bad etiquette. Um, you got to do what's best for your kid. If you you want to weigh your options and you're not really committed to a program yet, then why not? I, I don't consider it that bad like you know look around see what your best um the situation is going to be depending on where you're living there we're talking convenience we're talking coaches all those different things are are factors right and you want to go to the best situation that you possibly can be put in with your son or your daughter so you know is it that bad of etiquette like i I wouldn't say so, especially at the younger age group, but everybody's still trying to figure it out. Right. And the coaches are still trying to figure out who they have and what they like on their team. So I don't see it being a a major issue. Do you? No, I I think it's important to kind of find your spot. Like you were saying, coaches, convenience, whatever, you know, kind of variable that you have at that age group, but you know, the closest team might not be the best fit. You know, according to coach or, you know, you know, kids in the program or whatnot. But no, I I have no problem with, you know, trying out for as many teams until you find the right spot. Um, 
Yeah, especially at eight years old. And that's early, right? And like we're, we talk about, you know, in past about talking, you know, answering questions about when to get into, say, a travel team and, you know, say a AAA team or whatever. Um, you know, that's an early time. And, you know, it's, you know, you, you pick the right one. Hopefully, you know, you stay with them for, you know, till you 18, you know, through high school. But sometimes you have to move around according to, you know, different variables, like I said, about the, you know, coach and the dynamic of the team. So at eight years old, I have no problem with it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Howie's Hockey is the number one hockey tape and accessories company in the world, providing great products to NHL teams all the way down to mini mites. If your playing days are over, they have a great lineup of comfortable apparel that looks great as well. For a special offer, use the code SHRINKS10 for 10% off your total order. Again, head to Howie's Hockey, use that code SHRINKS10 for 10% off your total order. Yeah, Howie's Hockey Tape was out when they first came out. I'm like, this is good stuff. You know, like you, you use mm-hmm. it. There's like a little bit more of a, I don't know, it just lasted a little bit longer. So it was, uh, it's great that they're, they're on board, uh, you know, with the shrinks here. And, you know, we got the the wax, we got, we got undergear, we have everything. I have a Howie's Hockey Bag, the, um, you know, the puck bag. So yeah, they they have yeah, that's a, a good one. Yeah, it's very good. So I can almost of, double down as a cooler if you need it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, make sure you talk use, to those guys and see if I can get one of those. Jesus, shrinks ten for ten percent off an order. It'd be great. Exactly. Thanks to Howie's for jumping on board here, and shrinks ten is that uh, discount code. So make sure you take advantage, like you said. Uh, all right. Hey, guys, uh, you're awesome. Oh, thank you. Uh, question. There are three kids on my son's team that play consistently on the for- on a forward line together. After every game, the parents of these kids post all over social media that the line, in quotation, uh, quotation marks, their kids are on is the best line around. They're on fire, all that stuff. The posts appear as if these parents are giving credit for the win to their kids and just this one line. They never acknowledge the team or the great work or effort. They just acknowledge the one line. They do this on every social media outlet constantly, and and all the other kids see it. I believe it's creating a bad culture for our team and not helping general morale amongst the team. Thoughts on this? Is this okay? Oh, baby. Yeah. See, this is kind of like the ridiculous stuff that, you know, we never had to deal with. Um, I mean, all the kids are on, if they have a phone, they're on social media and whatnot. I don't know if, you know, the parents are posting this or the kids are, you know? So I don't know how, like, there's like... I a, mean, this a, sounds to me, the way I read it, like the, the, the parents are posting these social media accounts for their yeah, whatever. So they're younger. The way I read it, we don't have an age. The yeah. way I read it is like these kids are like seven and eight years old nine years old kind of pre having cell phones and Mm -hmm. they're holding these social media accounts or or hosting these social media accounts for little johnny or little sally and in my mind i think that is so absurd it's ridiculous it's ridiculous showcasing your kids and like you, you you hit the nail on the head um 
the you know the person that wrote in like it is creating a bad culture anything that gets posted on social media if anything it should be about the team it should be about all the kids um i know my kids as they're they've gotten older obviously now they're they're on the gram and uh you know i don't think they're uh, probably the tiktok and all that other crap but um they're definitely you know i'm not babcocking their phones or anything but they uh you know they everything that they post is all like reposting of like themselves with their teammates and like good weekend, all that type of stuff. It's not coming from like a parent that's trying to showcase their child, which I think is just absurd at seven, eight, nine years old. Um, again, my kids are a little bit older. They're 12 and, 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 you know, 14, 16 years old now, or 12, 13, 14, whatever it is. And, uh, and I, like I said, everything is is more about like the kids and posting each other and like whatever tagging each other and all that stuff. But it's about the team and and you know the the friendships and the bonds and they use in social media as a as a group and it's kind of like a fun interacting thing. And we've had the conversations about how they have to be careful with it because any college coach or, or anybody could mm-hmm. potentially use it against you, right? But I just think the parents. Need to take this a culture breath. is ridiculous yeah. at younger age groups showcasing the line and talking about how good this one line played. Uh, it's a hundred percent coming from the parents and it sets a bad example. And they're in my mind, a bunch of donkeys. Yeah. Well, I would, I would even like take it a step further. Like if the kids were actually doing so I like, you know, after rereading, it is definitely the parents putting it out there, but if the kids are doing this, that's even more ridiculous because of the example yeah. that is set by the parents, right? So there's not a chance that that should even happen, even if you have your own phone and whatnot, and you're on a line with a couple of your buddies and you score a few goals. Like it's right. absolutely ridiculous. So if I either was a way, coach, I'd split up the line. Yeah, there you go. Either way, it's it's unacceptable. Um, number one, for adults to do that. And number two, if if the kids were doing it as well, it's unacceptable. So I just think that that should be nipped in the bud by the coach. Um, you know, obviously the parents might not like it because they want to self-promote or promote their kid, but that's not the way you do it. So yep. it's just not, not the proper way to kind of be part of a team and still, you know, you, you, your play should show and then you don't need this self-promotion with be, not belittling, but like not including everyone, right? For wins, yeah. you know. Like, I just who, think who that, really that, that I think that parents um, getting their kids on the social media stuff early and showcasing them, uh, I just find it to be a major distraction, and it, it, it's very silly to me. It, it, and I know we grew up in, in the stone ages. And I mean, you still have a boost mobile next I don't know what you got going on there. Right. I don't even know if you get pitches, but um, you know, the, I just think parents that are showcasing their kids and open you, all you're doing is opening yourself up for a can of worms. Right. Cause mm-hmm. at some point in time, the comments are going to turn nasty and get negative. And like, are you, do you really want that for your son or daughter at, at a young age? Like, Oh, look at the line. Look at these people. And it's not just these, there's, there's so many people out there doing it now. 
And I just find it so crazy. I really do. I find it absolutely insane. Now you touched on earlier. It was like talking to a lot of college coaches. They dig back as far as they can on social media. And so if you're as a parent, I'm just saying like, if you're trying to promote a kid, your son or daughter by doing this, a college coach would look at that negatively. So that's just a little heads up for the parents out there that want to want to think that they're doing a, a service for the kid and they're actually doing a disservice. Right. And, and it's, you know, mommy or daddy kind of their child. Um, so, but that's a great point too, that, you know, college coaches that are going to do their, their homework, which they all are, and they're going to do their digging. They're going to see that, Oh, you started this social media when the, when that little and that young, like it's going to be a complete turnoff. So that's a great point that you made there. Mozzarella sticks. I love that. Yeah. Love it, kid. Good one. Good one. What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Uh, TSR Hockey is located up in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire, where you can stock up on all your equipment needs, uh, all your equipment needs, I should say. Uh, we're in the middle of the hockey season here. We're in the swing of things. Make sure you head up to TSR Hockey. They have everything, CCM, Bauer, you name it. Obviously, they can hook you up with uh, the team store as well, Mike or Dave. Uh, those are the guys to call there, 603-912-5970. Uh, they'll make you look fresh for this season with your uh, you know, your sweatsuits and all that good stuff, new hats, new swag, whatever you need. Uh, you can also head to tsrhockey.com. And uh, for all your shopping needs, that's where um, – you know, that's where you can find this stuff. There's nothing better, right, Mots? No, I was talking to Ryan. He needs to uh, get some undergear. I'm like, you know where to go. Make sure you get you up know to what TSR. what to do, kid. Yeah. And if you're not in the area, tsrhockey.com. Exactly. Uh, all right, Mots, you want to take this next one here? Yeah. Uh, we joined a new team this year. It is a high school age team. It has been several practices so far, and I'm trying to be patient and see how things come together but I'm not sure how long I should wait or what I should do. There's a lack of organization on the ice. Every practice, it's taking 20 minutes to set up a drill and actually get it going. Players are standing around during this time or shooting pucks at the wall. When the drill finally starts, there is no corrections or improvements offered to those who are executing it wrong. Or dare I say, there is no actual coaching going on. I'm questioning what we've gotten ourselves into. I feel it is too late to abandon the team, but I also I'm feeling uh, I'm throwing my money out the window for no actual development. 
What is the right way to approach the coach and maybe offer help? Is it even possible? Are we stuck? I have 10 years of previous coaching experience, and it was ingrained in me when I first started coaching that ice time is the most valuable commodity, and I think I, sh I could be a resource on the ice. But I don't know how to make that happen or open the line of communication with the coach without sounding accusatory. Maybe he's just in over his head. I honestly don't know. Um, it's a good question because part of me wants to say like high school age kids, what are you even doing in the rink watching practice? Right. That was, mm. that's the first thing that kind of pops into my head. The kids should be able to go play and, and, and have fun. Right. But I get the development piece of it, right. Where, you know, you're invested in some money. It's a new team. You want to see how practices are run. You see that it is a bit of a mess, right? It's, it, you know, from what's being described here, it's a disaster. And you're probably, um, you know, lucky that you went in and, and were able to see this. Right. Um, so I think you do have to, if you're a prior coach and uh, you have 10 plus years of experience, I think you got to just bite the bullet and go talk to them and, and, and offer some assistance because clearly, uh, the head coach needs it like the like he said ice time is very valuable most of the time you're getting you know 45 minutes to an hour sheet right maybe a little bit more if you're not taking advantage of it right from the jump uh in my mind it's wasted ice so i i i think you would you, you just have to bite the bullet and go do it uh or else <laughs> and if you're not gonna then you're probably better off like i said at the beginning staying out of the rink or else you're just gonna rip all the hair out of your head yeah go insane yeah I, I agree with you i you know if i was in the similar situation i just want to like check out you know see what's going on in practice you know you, you're around the game you've coached for 10 plus years it's like you want to see what your money's going towards and see what your uh your, your son or you know, daughter i guess you know it's like you you want to see what's going on um and it's not like you can't help yourself, but like if you see some wrongs that you could definitely tighten up and help, why not like make that, you know, make that move and just have a conversation with the coach and, and just be like, hey, he you know, has to feel it too, right? Well, yeah, sometimes when you feel like it, you're over your head, but like maybe he has no clue. You never know. But like yeah, I always love, clueless. you know, just banging things out, but like knowing what you want to do prior and then, you know, if you have to call them in, it's going to be, you know, two drills because like attention spans kind of go with the window mm -hmm. and then call them in again. But like you want to have a game plan and that ice time is extremely valuable and knowing, you know, how long to run a drill and what you want to get out of a drill like that, that's that's coaching. Right. Yeah. So if you do have some value to add to this high school age team, then I would absolutely you know, not be hesitant to just go up and have a conversation and just be like, Hey, listen, you know, maybe tell me your background. He's like, I, I would like to come out and help if, if, uh, you know, you see fit. I mean, you don't want to be pushy, but you also know that you can improve in the things that you were saying, you know, about like the, the timeliness of drills getting set up, keeping guys, you know, attention spans, like, you know, shooting pucks against the wall is like, drive, ooh, drive me insane. Drives me insane. I lose my mind. Yeah. So I, I think uh, go for it. Just have that adult conversation and see, um, you know, what the reaction is. You do it appropriately. You're on the ice and you're, you're helping out the kids, uh, you know, in this developmental time in their, you know, kind of, you know, playing days. So 
I think uh, I think it's very important that you do that. Yeah, yeah, good point, good point. Um, all right, hey boys, I was wondering, in your opinion, what is the best? Uh, what age is best to switch to a tier one level program? My son is a standout at the tier two double A level and wants to make the jump to triple A. However, I'm wondering when you guys think it's beneficial um, to development and the level of play is actually worth the larger investment. He is a first year squirt for reference. My other thought is getting him into one of these programs later down the line uh, will be. My other thought is uh, getting him into one of these programs later down the line will become hotter as these teams have an established core and they uh, may be more reluctant to take on an outsider. Thanks for the time and appreciate the content you guys put out. So this kind of goes back uh, to seen quite a bit, right? Yeah, no, but like the that, um, you know, eight year old with the the travel teams and whatnot. I, I don't know, you know, the. It's it's probably right around that age though, right? It's first year yeah. squirt. Um, right. I, you know, we talk about it a bit, but you know, if he is, you know, a top level player at the tier two level, and he has his touches and he's making some plays and whatnot, so you kind of have to assess that, and you always would like for him to be pushed as well, right? So we talk about dominating a level. I mean, it's not like you have to dominate, dominate, but it's, you know, you're a top player, then maybe you should move up. So we talk about maybe earlier better, and he kind of answered that question about down the line becoming harder, you know, because they have an established Teams score. Are established, yeah. But, you know, if the development is development and you're playing and you're, you know, teams are always looking to add quality players, even if you're mm-hmm. an outsider. Right. And you, you know that firsthand as well. It's like, so, you know, it's kind of like both sides here. Like if you're happy where you're at, you're getting good coaching, you're getting your touches and and you, and you're having success, say individually and as a team and having fun, you know, I would say stay the course, but if there is like a, um, you know, so tier one, you know, team locally that you can try out for and just see where your player slots, then, I think you go for that. Like the earlier, the better on that. Yeah, I think I'm the same as you. It's like if you can get them in the mix and get them started and get them with that good group and it's a good team, it's a good fit, then I don't see why you wouldn't uh, start sometime now, right? Your, your, you know, squirt minor, squirt major is a good time to do it. Uh, but once they, like you said, once they get a little bit older, it does get hard for a few years, right? Because it's hard to to add kids and, you know, sometimes core pieces are are, are kind of in place, but once they hit that bantam midget age group, like everybody kind of becomes that free agent, everybody gets older, puberty, all that type of stuff starts to 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 really play a factor. So you see a lot more movement once they hit that 13, 14 year old age group too. So, you know, is it the worst thing possible if he just stays the course? No, not at all, right? If he's getting good development and he's a good little player. So that you know, I'm I'm kind of the same as you here. Like, there's never a, there's never the most perfect time to try it. It's a, but it's like, you know, there's no shame in just throwing your hat in the ring and saying, "Hey, like, let's see where we end up here." Right? Especially if he's he's a good young player. Right. Yeah, and I think that eight year old question about tra- travel team, like trying out, 
there I don't think there's anything wrong with pl- trying out for a couple different teams and if it's a good fit and you're comfortable and there's a, a slot there for them and I don't know you just want to try and kind of evaluate that as you go and uh, but if the tier mm-hmm. two double a level is is appropriate enough and getting better then you know you have to make that decision so but I would I would right. I would kind of dip your toe in the water and, and go to some tryouts yeah figure it out figure yeah. it out uh before you hit those tryouts though make sure you uh shopping your skates with the sparks machine right head on over to sparkshockey.com use the code bymots for 50 dollars off your spark sharpener sparks is the at-home skate sharpener machine that will never fail it is the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents it's convenient easy to use and will save you a ton of money in the long run um you get the most accurate shopping every single time with the Sparks machine. My kids were able to get a couple uh, new pairs of skates. Their uh, their uncle was, you know, sent them a little care package. So the the spoiled brats that I have. Uh, and the first thing they did was bring the the skate shop in the machine. I'm sorry, bring the skates down the cellar and and put it right on the Sparks. They did it. They buzzed them up, and uh, you know we love it. So head to SparksHockey.com. Use that code BYMOTS for $50 off your Spock Shopping. Uh, it's such a great machine. And, you know, again, uh, once the kids know how to use it, they go down and do it themselves. And there's no excuses not to have shop wheels going into a game or a practice. So make sure you check out SparksHockey.com. Yep. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, Mott, you want this one here? Yeah. Uh, love your podcast. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Let's have a real conversation about Pee Wee Quebec. My son was on the 2011 Phantoms team that disbanded this this past year. No excuses here. Shane needed to be the best kid on the ice to overcome the politics of the Atlantic District team. He wasn't. I don't want to chase it. I've been commuting over an hour one way to practice and have to start all over again at Minuteman. I know the Junior Flyers is 30 minutes from me, but it's not like a what my neighbor is doing with the 2010s as per USA hockey. They say they aren't picking the best kids at this age. Any thoughts on that? Tryouts show up uh, on our credit card statement as a donation. Also based upon conversations, the team was picked prior to tryouts. What's your thoughts on parent coaches picking these teams? Uh, You've got, a guy locally who is a coach of a prestigious high school where I live calling the shots and a few things in there that, so we'll start with, uh, you know, any thoughts <laughs> yeah. on, you know, as per USA hockey, they say they aren't picking the best kids at this age. Yeah. So know. what, what are they doing? Like what, what team are they taking to Quebec? They, yes. I, they, I mean, like, I'm, so they're the, going up there to just take the, what, what so it's the Atlantic the district team, team, right? Yeah. So, and what, then, what do you have tryouts for to pick the? I don't know the prettiest parents. Like, well, what are we doing here? I don't. I don't even get it. Yeah, you want to be a competitive team or not? So there is some politics, like as you know, in in certain areas, right? So, but your team, you know, goes to Quebec as your own team. In there's these other district teams that mm-hmm. have the tryouts for you know anyone. Like I, I remember. A kid getting cut from the the one out here in the east and and flying out to California to try out for that one, which was yeah crazy. 
uh, yeah. to, to here, but um, yeah, so doing it. It's the same. It, it it's the Pee Wee Quebec tournament's a big deal here in Boston. Um, it it's a little bit different where the EHF, the Eastern Hockey Federation that we play in, you have to qualify. Uh, my 2011 Terriers team is in the mix with it right now, right? So basically, we play one cycle through each team in the league. And the top two teams at, at after that cycle through end up getting the bids to Quebec. Uh, that's the way it's been done. It was the, the same way that it was done in the Metro League when when I came through playing. So the you know the EHF back when I was you know when we were playing Mots, it was called the Metro League, but uh, it was the same type of thing. Do I think that's a, the most perfect philosophy? Absolutely not, right? And and obviously these guys have had some issues with with you know, the team that they were playing for down there. And now you're taking a district team, which you would think would be the best team of any kids that aren't on other, um, you know, and, and there are, there's some junior Bruins teams that, that get, there's a junior Bruins team that gets a bid um, for out here. Mike, you know, Mike Cashman that, that owns that program does a, uh, you know, he, he, he's had the bid in the, you know, the, NHL division, I believe it's called. So it depends on where you're at in this Atlantic district. You would think that they want the best team possible to go. Um, again, it's showing up as a donation. Mm. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's exactly what it was, a donation. And I feel bad for you, but I guess you 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 know you have to do your research before looking into that stuff, right? And there's been a lot of people, and there's always some you know different teams that will look for players like you said you know i can remember back in the day kids from boston massachusetts going out to you know up to montreal trying out for a team up there or california like you said so yeah it's a it, it's quirky um but it's difficult with with depending on where you live and depending where the bids are if your son or daughter doesn't go how it how it all works right yeah i mean the the donation thing, I, I mean, it could the organization might be set up as like a five hundred one c or whatever, but I mean, oh, that, which that, I'm that, sure it is. I'm sure it is. But that's like it could be shady enough, you know, like where people are still making money. But um, it's just interesting how it it kind of comes back on the credit card statement. Um, mm. But you know, to move forward with you know, yeah, parents you know, hockey fees were a donation too, right. Right, right. No, so three hundred bucks we had to spend on those this year. Parent coaches picking these teams. Yeah, there is probably some outside influence sometimes when there's a parent coach, right? You know, you never know. Like there could be solid guys or girls and um but there is, you know, that dynamic at times when there is a parent coaching these teams and you know a guy locally who is a coach of a prestigious high school calling the shots. I mean, he's probably trying to angle kids to his high school, right? Right. I mean, like, like any other coach that wants a pipeline of good players. So you're up against it in a couple of different areas. And, um, but you know, you went there, you played there, you had a good, you know, had a good experience, but this, you know, Quebec peewee tournament is not the end all be all. I mean, you, you've got to understand, you know, there's plenty of opportunities to to play on teams and, and get better when it matters. And just kind of like one thing that, um, you know, is like a not a distraction. I mean, it's just like something that people think about, uh, you know, too much sometimes. 
And mm-hmm. if it's not in the cards, it's not in the cards. Right. And that's been the the, the biggest thing with my team, right? Because, um, you know, my 2011s, they're a good team. They're, they're you know, a, a top-ranked team in, in the country. And, um, you know, so even starting last year, right, we started the, the conversations were starting about it, right? And, you know, that's been my message similar to yours, Mott's like, obviously, I went there and it was a great experience for me personally. Um, my 2009 team was fortunate enough to qualify for the tournament. Then with COVID and everything, uh, everything up in Canada, we weren't able to go, which, you know, I felt bad about that would have been a great experience to be able to do it. Do I hope that my 2011 team will qualify? And, you know, Mott's, hopefully we can, uh, we can get the rink shrinks up there and do some you know, a, a little behind the scenes work and, and things like that. Yeah, I think it would be fantastic to do it. But again, like you said, similar to the brick tournament, similar yep. to all these different tournaments, right? The top 60, 50, you know, every weekend it's something different. And, you know, something's getting posted online on who made this team and who made that team. Like, was it a great experience for me? And do I hope I can experience with my 2011 team this year? I certainly do. But if it doesn't happen, uh, then, like you said, I'm still going to wake up the next day and have to go to work and, you know, put food on the table for my family, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not the end-all, be-all. That's all. But you're up against a few different things there uh, down in Philly area. So stay the course and, you know, try to uh, navigate it the best you can, in my opinion. You know, you don't have to chase anything. Just make sure that you're making good decisions uh, for your, for your son. Right. All right. Uh, That pretty much wraps up the mailbag here, but we do have the, my hockey rankings question of the week. Head on over to myhockeyrankings.com and see where your team stacks up. I know the, uh, you know, the first round of rankings is coming out really soon here. So we're excited to talk to Neil and Ian uh, about that. So we'll, we'll chat with those guys in the next week or so here, but uh, my question is, and I know we put this out on uh, on the Instagram as well and got a ton of feedback, but my question is about traveling with the Sparks machine for the tournaments. What is the best practice as far as offering the rest of the team? Do you let everyone know ahead of time and offer uh, to shop in their skates for free? Do you set a price or you just say, buy me a beer slash buy my kid a snack? Uh, what are your thoughts on the spot? Well, look at this tying in my hockey rankings and the Sparks machine. I love it. I, I mean, personally, I would say, you know, let's do a couple bucks for the skates and then, you know, throw it towards the pizza, you know, like something like that. You know, like I, the, the other thing is like those wheels can get burnt down. Right. So, you know yeah, I mean? the wheels are about sixty bucks. Yeah, so, so I mean, it... shopping everybody skates at tournaments and stuff. But you got to assume most people, I mean, on the team are not everybody's going to use it, right? Yeah. So it's almost like a common courtesy thing. Like I think it's weird to sit there and like you don't you know, charge you... like no right. You what, don't you set put a, price. a can out. <laughs> right, right. Little tip jar. Yeah. No, like, I... Oh yeah, yeah. Leave the tips here as I as I put your son or daughter skate on my machine and hit the play button and yeah. let let it go through like come on you're not charging people that's nuts yeah but like a couple bucks and you throw it towards the pizza party you know and like everyone else is gonna chip in no matter what but 
you can that could be your kind of thing or so whatever it is you know buy me a beer yeah, so beer. you me. so you'd like all right so mott's got the skate shop and so mott's doesn't have to pay for the pizza pretty much so there's no cash exchanged yeah um i think that's yeah it, it'd be crazy to start charging people and, and whatever but i think it would be common courtesy if you guys you know if if one person has the sparks machine that they travel with all the time if occasionally um you know once or twice a year you could chip in and and everybody throw you know buys a couple stones right uh or I, i'm sorry not stones uh wheels right you get yep. you know whatever if they like the half inch you get a you know a half inch and a five eighths or or whatever is your um you know you you this whatever stone that the, the kids like to use right and i mm -hmm. keep saying stone um but wheel and, and and hollow that the kids uh prefer so i think that makes more sense than sitting there with your uh you know with the tip jar out just because you know you put the skates on come on and yeah. i know it can be tough to travel with the sparks but most of these people you commute and you get your minivan you get your truck you know come on no i agree no i it just it would be more i i wouldn't charge but like you said the common courtesy for you know the adults on the team Dude, i know you're gonna you're gonna be stealing a slice anyways <laughs> I, no I what like like <laughs> All right, here's here's five bucks for Mozza's, uh, you know, couple couple pepperonis that he's eating. You know, I, I just, oh, the, they're stuck together. Oh, I'll just take both. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm that like, guy, and then fold them the so, so it just looks like one. What was the movie with the nachos? With the uh, you know, it's well, it's one nacho. With Jack, <laughs> Black, the whole thing. With Jack Black. What was that yeah, movie? Yeah. It's a great movie. Hilarious, old school. Well, it's one nacho. Uh yeah come on no i i it was a great question um you know and it I'm is sure a great question that, you know and there was a lot of different answers but i th I think he just you know kind of so to speak skate your lane and you know do the right thing by the team and you know i think the parents do the right thing by uh chipping in when they can to buy some some wheels and you can work out a beer or some some pizza that's it yeah a couple round of boil makers never heard either right yeah right while you're yeah. sitting there buzzing the skates yeah i mean there's there's many ways to do it versus saying all right sending out a group text saying all right it's going to be five bucks a skate or yeah. you know five bucks a set. i think that just would be awkward i think that's super awkward you're going to start collecting from the team like yeah. don't bring it yeah if you or, don't want to offer it yeah don't you, bring it yeah if you if you do bring it and you're like wicked selfish and you just do your own kids right and like a kid is, you know, stepped on like some concrete. I don't know. Sorry, five bucks. <laughs> oh, do you take Venmo? Yeah. <laughs> Saving uh, Silverman, Alan coming through with the one nacho. Remember, did you ever see that movie? Yeah. Yes. Hilarious. Yep. Hilarious. Alan coming through in the chat here. I love it. Uh, no, that is a good one for the My Hockey Rankings question of the week. Uh, Mots, anything else you got to catch up? And what do you got for the week? Anything good? I know you actually. I wanted to recap the uh, the Bruins alumni golf tournament. I you were out. I saw a couple pitches of you. Um, I was with Coach Montgomery over the weekend, and uh, he told me. I don't think no. I asked him if he saw you. He said he didn't, but I know it was a big crowd. Yeah, that he was, was the journey. It was great. Yeah, you know the current Bruins and guys uh, looking to 
make the roster and then a bunch of alumni as well. And, you know, both courses were filled, beautiful day to play golf. Um, it was just, a, it was just a lot of fun, but, uh, talked to, uh, a bunch of the guys that, you know, saw Luch and Bergie was there and Marshant and, uh, James Van Reemsdyke, former guest, Tuca. A couple former guests. Yeah. Bobby Orr. I always reintroduce myself when I see Mr. Orr. And he's like, Mike, I know who you are. I'm like, well, that makes me smile, you know? <laughs> Best guy to ever play, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it was great. Boy, you know, I had, saw him. He was there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I bought the uh, bowling. I, I did a bowl uh, with a Bruin as, as well on Sunday morning. Frank Simonetti uh, kind of spearheads that and you go up there and I did candle pin. Really? Yeah. I mean, I hadn't done that. I mean, since. you should be warmed up since with softball. Yeah, but it was like, you know, how's the hip getting low? That wasn't wasn't too bad. But the funny thing is, I told the guys. Um, so I went and coached the uh, the U eighteen team later that day, and I was like, "Hey guys, listen." You know, I, I just came from a, a bowl of the Bruin. Um, I was doing candle pin. So Hadn't done it since I was like eight years old. And, uh, you know, I just wasn't very good early. And then mm. I had some uh, some bowling, you know, advice from the people that I was playing with who bowl quite a bit. And I took that advice. And yeah, you got coached up. Yeah, I got a little bit better. And I was like, just look at Bry Gibbons and I as bowling nerds, and we're trying to give you some tips and advice for your game. You know, you take take what you can, apply it to your game, and then collectively we'll we'll go out there and execute as a team. You know, so I just tried to use that analogy, but uh, you know, there was a lot of laughter, you know, from some of the guys. <laughs> so, what was uh, the yeah, age no group that you guys were bowling with? Was this like an like old folk or the young kids? No, it was, you know, it was probably like age appropriate, a couple of older ladies who are in a bowling league. And, you know, so that was my team, you know, so they drafted me. And, yeah. uh, they must have yeah. liked a, a young Michael. Yeah. No, it was, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, Frank Simonetti does a great job. Um, the Fisher House, um, was one of the, beneficiaries of uh, the funds that were raised and it's just amazing work that they do. And, you know, just to be a part, a small part of it to help out um, these different organizations to raise money. It's, it's, it's pretty nice. And uh, yeah, so the golf outing and then was able to uh, roll some thunder. <laughs> Dude, I was uh, like, I'm looking for an activity, you know, like may maybe at night, like what if we started a bowling league? I, you know, I would like, be on yeah. like the wives got some you know, like the book club and everything, but like getting a, a nice bowling league going would, would be a blast, especially in the winter. Yeah, you get your own ball, shirts oh. made up. Be unbelievable. What 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 about a dot league? Dots would be fun. That'd be good too. Yeah. Well we could so. do you could we could rotate the weeks. You could do dot dots one week and then um it's like mailbag and guest. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. And we could go candle pin. We could go, we could go big balls. You know what I mean? So there's there's plenty of options here. 
I like uh, what, what you're thinking. So let's let's put pen to paper and maybe make up a schedule. All right, perfect. I like I like and I like where you had that. Well, uh, great uh, great work this week. Obviously, a lot of really good questions. Uh, I want to talk quickly about our, our new partner here, Believe. Again, it's spelled uh, B L E A V, and we're excited to be working with the the, the company there. And uh, it's been uh, great communication with with Lindsay and the crew. So it's uh, really exciting times for us, right? Yeah, no, it's great. You know, we're just collaborating on a lot of different ideas to get the ring shrinks to the next level. So we really appreciate their efforts and continue uh, continued support and look forward to collaborating on a lot more moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, once again, the show was brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, and also thank you to our sponsors, My Hockey Rankings, Franklin Sports, Sparks Hockey, Howie's Hockey, and TSR Hockey. Great episode, Mots, and it's time to cue the Rinch Ring Shuffle, Jersey. Oh, 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 oh,